Welcome to the Film Photography Podcast, episode number 67, October 1st, 2012. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Got the gang here. Yep. Hey, everybody. This is the Film Photography Podcast, and that is the internet radio show for people who love film. It's conceivable that this is the first time you're ever listening to the show, and if that's the case... Welcome. Nice. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you, John. Don't be afraid. We have a bit of a gang here. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Mirage. Hello. Lauren Bagley. Hello. Kevin Neblong from the Pink Delicates. Hello. Mark Dalzell. He's FPP Mark. Uh, is he? Sometimes. Okay. I'm uh, Metro Mark when I'm in the studio. Yes. On the couch is uh, Hunter White. Yo! And he is known as Hunter Man on the Street. Mm-hmm. Our man from New York. Our man from New York. John Fidelli. Hey. Hi. And this is the Film Photography Podcast. On today's show, my name is Michael Rosso. Did I say that? Oh, hi, Mike. This is our new season, season three. Wow. Time to jump the shark. No, yeah, no. not yet. Well, worry about that. Our listeners would let us know. Yeah, I would hope so. Jeremy would let us know. You think? Yeah. What would Jeremy, Jeremy say? He'd be like, oh, mate. <laughs> you jumped the shack. <laughs> he just won't show up to our our uh, meetups in London anymore. Be like, Jeremy, why didn't you shut up? Ah! <laughs> On today's show, we're going to be talking about... <laughs> what should we What show? We're going to be talking about Minolta Oh, question mark next to that, I don't know Ugh. We may or may not be talking well, about Well, we, we briefly mentioned it That's Yeah, why we're going to be talking about maybe the Minolta 110 SLR cameras Yeah What's known as the FPP Plastic Filmtastic Debonair mm. Now, in, in, in parentheses on the sheet, it says the story behind The story behind? It's like the Debonair story Oh What is an impossible frog tongue? Yeah, well, yeah. What the hell is filmography? <laughs> Listener letters. <laughs> Matt's review of the f- plastic filmtastic debonair. Oh, I look forward to that. Darkroom tips. Where to get your chemistry from mixing at home. Mm. Why Minolta, Mark? <laughs> Why Minolta, <laughs> so, Mark? Sounds so disappointed. 110 cameras. That and more on this episode of the Film Photography Podcast. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Your camera take lousy pictures, flash broken, doesn't work, great. You want 20 bucks for it? My friend Frankie will give you 20 bucks for that camera, even if it's broken. Right, Frankie? But you gotta buy this Minolta 450E pocket camera. It has built-in flash, close-up lens, electric eye, and you'll take great pictures with it, won't you? I guarantee you'll save money. Light Right, the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. Work with colorful pegs that glow with light, light bulb not included. Make people, animals, things, and with refills, Bugs Bunny or Bozo the Clown. You can make lots of pretty pictures with Light Bright from Hasbro. Hey, we're back. Okay, the gang's all here. We're going to talk to Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hello. So, when you were last here, we were talking about um, you shooting film. Yes. We talked about your, um, you're a fine artist. Yes. Would you, how would you describe it exactly? Illustrator. Yeah. I'm an illustrator. And today you came in and you had some, like, linoleum. Yes. So not like the tile that you find in your, uh, in your kitchen. It's not as hard as that. Right. But you, it's, it's for relief printmaking. Oh. I used to do that in school. I remember. Really? That. 
Yeah. Never heard of it. Tell us. Um, Lino is a type of relief printing. It's kind of like woodblock, right, where you take a, like a small chisel of various sizes, and you chip away a design. And once you're done, you put ink down. You put a piece of paper down, you press it on, and you pull, out, pull it off, and voila, there's a picture. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Voila. It's like screen printing, but uh, the opposite? Yeah, it's screen printing. You would do it through a screen and onto like a, maybe a piece of fabric. Mm-hmm. And this would be paper. And the reason it's called relief is because you are it's like a stamp. You're leaving a relief on the paper. Right. Mm-hmm. Last time you were here, you were not doing that. Mm-mm. So this is like a new project. How did this come about? Um, actually, um, it's because, uh, one, I really wanted to get back into printmaking now that I'm done with school. Right. I have the time, and I have to like paint all the time. I did a lot of painting last semester. I did this big mural for the museum at my school so i did so much painting that i was like i can't i can't paint anymore was it um lauren you are a, a uh, pink delicates fan yes as am i yes and they are the me too boss and they are the <laughs> you know like the house band for fpp easily yes. and we've been pr- previewing the songs from the new album for like a year mm-hmm. yeah for like forever so mm-hmm. all the fpp listeners like are very familiar with the new album. Yeah. You illustrated the cover. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, I did the illustrations for the cover. Yeah, I was gonna say it's if, if <laughs> we'll anyone it. that's a regular FPP listener, and there are many, many of you out there, uh, maybe you can go to iTunes. iTunes or we don't know if it's on Amazon yet. I'm not sure it should be on Amazon, but iTunes Europe, iTunes America, iTunes Japan. What what's the service called? Uh, TuneCore. TuneCore. That's uh, Kevin Neblin over there. And uh, uh, FPPers can go to, if you type in on the Google, which is my favorite, the Google. Google. you type in Pink Delicates, These Secrets, mm-hmm. yes. it comes right up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So you folks out there can go there right now and maybe download the new album. It's a great album. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing the Drop art. a tenor. Drop a tenor, yeah. yeah. Drop a tenor. Support these boys. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. You can buy some iced tea for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were on the show, what show, and... <laughs> Roll right through it. And you were, uh, we did the uh, FPP meetup, Midwest meetup. Yeah. And you were on the street with the Strudel and your K1000. I see your K1000 today. Yes. Uh, What have you been shooting in the last year? K1000. Nice. I'm I'm a one person kind of camera person. I like the Hasselblad for my medium format. I like the 35. I got the Pentax. And then I got the full. uh, 220. The squeaky, two, squeaky 210. Squeaky 210. The squeaky 210. All of them squeak for my Polaroid. And that's what I shoot. What uh, what have you been feeding the uh, K1000? <laughs> <K-1000. laughs> the exact same thing. What have you been feeding the K1000? Um, well, I did some... I think you gave... Uh, you graciously... Uh, donated some Walgreens film for Yeah. Mm. I've been, f- been eating that up. Yeah, I like that film. I've been eating yeah. that film it's up. It's pretty good. I went to, I went home for a bit. We have canals in the Canton, Akron area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took Strudel to the canals. My parents rode their bikes and I walked the dog and I took some good pictures there. And uh, I think a couple other things were projects that I shot some uh, from the Walgreens film. She'll do like reference pictures and stuff for mm-hmm. her paintings. Oh, and I had a friend come in and we went to like museums. Did no. your friend shoot digital? No, she doesn't shoot film. Okay, she just hung out. Yeah. That's better than she's shooting from California. digital. <laughs> yeah. She's from, she's from California, so it was nice to see her. Yeah. And then we also, I, li- I also like Ektar. I really Ooh. like Ektar 100. It's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. And, of course, the occasional Portra 400. Yep. 
Don't shoot a lot of 160. More, more 400. Like yeah, I like the 400. Everyone likes the 400. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. What's there not to like? Exactly. What's on the horizon? More art. Do you think you'll get, like, um, commissioned? You, know? you, you can get commissioned. You can get hired by a company to be an illustrator for their children's materials. Um, I have to, like, start sending some stuff out. A lot of... I'm not big enough. I'm not a big name. So they're not going to come looking for me. Well, you're a big name here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. rocking the spectrum. That's pretty sweet. I like that a lot. And I'm also going to go to some conventions and try and sell art there, too. Oh. Like art fairs and stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah, because I can get a really big like, following that way as well. Yeah. Sell yeah, you'll be pieces. like Thomas Kincaid, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Uh, we have a giveaway camera. Who, who gave us that camera? There's a piece of paper in there? Yes. We're giving away a camera today. It's a Minolta. Uh, Mark has, by like just default, like naturally a natural occurrence, mm-hmm. just natural occurrence. Maybe by accident. It's like leaving milk in your fridge during vacation, coming back, and there's a natural occurrence that takes place on the surface, yeah. which is like some kind of mold. It's disturbance. Smold. It's like a new life form. It's a chemical reaction. Somehow, Mark has become all of a sudden a Minolta man. Yeah. And you know, I was really hoping you were going to become a Canon guy. For a while there, I really thought you were going to be a Canon guy. Minolta. If if you really if someone's really sat back and who knew me who did some educated guessing as to what brand I would end up with it was Minolta it had to have been Minolta why well first of all the reason I got my first one which is my XGM which is still my favorite one um, it's like totally into it it's got I, the whole set it's here. like yeah, yeah it's well like this one isn't mine this is the game oh, okay. here but mm. uh, I um, I actually bought a lot on eBay we talked about it a few episodes ago um, when we were talking about the Hymatics and I got a, a lot of three two Hymatics. A couple of crappy plastic ones, and then this XGM, and it was ten dollars for all three. And I thought, oh, cool, I've got an SLR. I'm never going to use it. But then eventually, I started started getting into it, and I realized that not only does it take great pictures, it's pretty highly regarded camera. But the best thing is, Minolta lenses are so cheap. Mm. Um, you can get. I have a giant bag full of lenses. I have this one right bag now. Bag of lenses the, has the Minolta, um, the Rockor 1.4 on it that I got on eBay for twenty dollars. You could never get a Canon or a Nikon 1.4 for $20 on eBay. Mm-hmm. So I have, lens too. I have everything from 28 up to 500 now, for, and I've, I think I might have spent $50 on all my lenses. Oh, man. That's what I love. It's, so it's, it, you know, for me, who likes to play around with all kinds of new things, I don't have to worry about spending $50 on a new lens. Yeah. I can spend six. That's a big plus, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Fiscally speaking. Did you give the, what is the giveaway camera? Did you give it a once-over, and how's it looking? You were making some kind of faces. I did. It's, it's a, this is a, an SRT 101, which is um, a uh, late 60s Minolta SLR, which is beautiful. The trouble with this one, which it says, it says in the letter, he, he was aware of this, um, it, the, the meter is sort of dead. But no one, you don't really need the meter. You don't need the meter. Most importantly, uh, yeah, it's an it. SRT 101, which is a nice camera, and it's and it, it also comes with. I haven't even looked at it, but he said kind of a garbagey 135. It's still nice to have. But sitting right on the front of it, it's got the 1.4, which Ooh, is it's a great lens, which is really great lens. So if, yeah. if that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, if you shoot Minolta SLRs, it's got the Rockor 1.4. Doesn't have like a JCPenney 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these almost always came with the 1.7. Like that's yeah. kind of the standard yeah. one. I've got a, a, a box of them, but um, yeah, this has got a 1.4, which is. So this is a beginner camera. You ha- you're going to have to go in there. You're going to have to tough it. You download your, uh, your 2016 chart. Yep. Mm. You load that baby up with some maybe Portra 400. And yeah. you go out and you rock the world. Yeah. You rock or you just the get the, download the uh, light meter app for your phone. Yeah, the light meter yeah. apps are great. Oh, 
Yeah, this is otherwise great. It sounds great. It, it, uh, it feels good. Here's the, here's the sound. <gasps> nice. Oh. Um, that that light, light meter app is really impressive and yes. very handy, isn't it? It is. And uh, I, I, I don't quite fully understand how it was, but when we were in London, um, Philip from Belgium. Yeah. Uh, Philippe. Philippe. Apologies. Had, uh, he used an iPhone, and he had actually put white paper over his front-facing camera so he could use that as an incident meter. Oh. On, on his light meter, and then flip over to the back camera if he wanted to use it as a oh, meter. It was actually a really that. cool idea. Wow, that's I don't think that really was even smart. the phone he used. He just had an old iPhone 3 wow. that he so used he as a light meter. Solely as a light meter. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really cool idea. <laughs> so uh, we're giving away a Minolta SRT 101. Oh. Yep, we just <laughs> <laughs> we just loaded it up with some uh, Tri-X 400. And Matt's oh, giving Matt's us the rolling uh, it? Oh, nice. You know, the usual. The once over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the once over. How did you come up with the light, uh, light reading? I uh, pulled it out of my. Uh, Let me guess. Yeah. I don't know, like iPhone. 30th of the second wide open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing the shady 1.4. It's classic. Yeah. Shady 1.4. <laughs> God, that's and a nice, clean glass on that. that. The glass is real I nice. I know. I'm jealous. That, that 1.4 is actually nicer than mine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Say, you have the same lens. I know. Mine is real nice. Yeah. Slightly Sony. scratched. Uh, okay, so, Mark. Minolta's. Cheap to get, great glass, a lot of different bodies. What's wrong with them? <laughs> they, the, they do actually tend to freeze up. That's the, that's the problem I found because I also have an X700 that's mm. broken my heart. I got it super cheap, I and, I, and it, was, it was seized up. I managed to get it working. I shot a couple rolls with it. Not only did I shoot a couple rolls, I shot a couple rolls on my Holy family vacation. Sheesh onto slide, expensive slide film, and then I got back and realized the shutter was actually messed up on it, so nothing came out. And, um, and even this XGM, I've had to, to take the bottom off once or twice because it does jam up a little bit. But still so. worth it, I mean, like, cheap-wise. Yeah, I mean, literally, an XGM, which is a great camera, or the X700, which is a tiny step above it. A lot of folks like that camera, yeah. Yeah, and you can get them, you can get them for 20 bucks on eBay. Wow. You know, pretty, pretty readily, including... You know, with the 1.7, like I said, which is usually what comes on them, or, or some kind of lens. Um, and I just bought a lot of lenses on, on eBay a month or so ago. There were six lenses, including like a, a couple of 28s and a 300, and mm. you know, all these crazy lenses. And I paid $31 for all six lenses. Ridiculous. Wow. You can get Medolta lenses so cheap. So it's great to, if, if you want to call it a beginner SLR, you can do that. Or for me, I mean, I shoot. I use it as my main SLR. I love the pictures that come out of it. And, uh, yeah. Whatever. But Minolta keeps popping up. It's it's what? like fate that... Because um, <coughs> you got your Spectra, which is a Minolta. And I have... I just picked up a... I found a camera at a flea market last week, which is uh, a, a Minolta AFC, which kind of is like their version of the Olympus XA2. It kind of oh, looks okay. like... A, it looks like an LCA. I'm throwing around all the acronyms. Hmm. You can go and Google them. The Google. Google. So you see no need to start exploring any other brand of 35mm SLRs? No. I don't when, think there's anything that I'm missing. Out? No? Well, because then you have well, to what get do you the think? lenses. You're a Canon guy. What do you think he's missing? Uh, Canon's just a superior camera. Hold your door. Oh, camera's just a better one. You know what you're missing, Wow. Burn. Really? No, listen. Listen, folks. Seriously. I mean, it's is an SLR an SLR? It's is what an SLR? you grow yes. up with. Yes. It's what, in, in my case, I was given a hand-me-down Canon. Yeah. So that became my default camera. So when I was going to purchase a new camera or get gifted a camera when I was in high school, I was gifted an AE-1 Canon. Yeah. So it was better because it was nostalgic. 
Correct. That, and I already had the gear and started collecting lenses. Mm-hmm. So then when I rediscovered f- film photography back in 08, I just started adding to that. This this is beautiful. To look mm. through this. Yeah. It's very this nice. This is as good as that. Nic- Nicromat. feels just like it. Yeah. It really does. And it, that really, that's an ancient camera you're holding. That camera is from 1966, too. Wow. That's not even I, an 80s SLR. That's mm. it was, it's really gorgeous, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful camera. Yeah. So I take back that about the, the superiority of, of Canon. I mean, okay. it's really what you're... Like, John, you have your Minolta yeah. X700 since you're in high school or yeah, college? 80s. Mid-80s. So you're set. You love it. Yeah, I love it. I you have know. No, I, I would love to get a Leica. <laughs> that's, you know, I'd like it to get a Leica. That's called peer pressure. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful camera. Oh, yeah. It is. And if you hit the lottery, if I hit the lottery, I'm going to have a Leica, too. Yeah. But if I ever in got meantime, an extra three grand laying around, <laughs> I would definitely get one. And if you're a casual photographer or even an entry-level mm. professional photographer... Yeah. I mean, the Minolta's going to do great. If you're a top-end photographer and you need yeah. crazy tilt-shift lenses or you want that .95 thing yeah. that's out, I mean, obviously, there are lenses that you can't get for a Minolta. Oh, that's not... Yeah, how much must that go yeah, for? Yeah, exactly. Good but, God. I mean, if you're happy with a 1.4, then... Um, you know, I haven't yeah. even used uh, my SLR in a very long time. Your Minolta. Yeah. Well, you use your Olympus a lot, don't you? Not. E- I haven't been shooting 35 lately. Oh, What's your really? Olympus? Uh, the Stylus Epic. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my go-to. John's getting hooked on the Spy weird camera. stuff now. Yeah, I'm like, uh, and here's a good segue for you, Mike. The debonair got me into medium format. Uh, Is that right? Hey. Yeah, because it's easy. With 120, you know, you feel like, oh, my God, I'm shooting such a big negative. i got to be really careful make sure my exposure's right. No, you just throw it in a debonair and go t- pop some pictures off. Takes the edge off. So then I was able to get the Yashica Flex and shoot that camera, that TLR. Break it. And properly. Then, and then shoot it. <laughs> Break it and then shoot it. <laughs> Oh, I broke So, it. Mark, do you think you're going to be sticking... Like, how, how long is this Minolta phase going to be? Or is this it? You're, is your free or 35, your Minolta bit? Minolta I, I, have, I have two bodies and a dozen lenses. I've got the motor drive. I've got the bellows. I've got everything you could ever want. Bellows. bellows. I'm kind of trapped in Minolta now. Yeah, trapped you're in invested. Minolta. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm heavily... I'm fully vested in Minolta. Before you got vested in Minolta, what was the teetering? What were the choices? Like Nothing. Oh, okay. He was you playing know, I, the field. I, I, I got this XGM, like I said, in an eBay lot, kind of by mistake, and I threw it on the shelf, and I didn't even care about SLRs mm. at the time. Is there really FK50 in there? Yep. Wow. Yes. And have you gotten any, any uh, developed film back of the 50? No, it's in the camera right now. You, you haven't shot... That's I've never used it before, no. Okay. Um, but I'm just about done this roll, and then it's coming out. And, and that's the, other, all the other one's got Portrait 160 in it. I've got a, so I've got the XGM, but I've also now got my backup is an XGM. Wasn't one, one of your Minolta's a bum? The X700. Oh, that was yeah. a bum. Yeah. What happened with that? That, it just, uh, I, when I first got it, it wouldn't wind properly, and I, I took it all down to its bare screws and fixed it and got it back together, and it, it seemed like it was working fine. And I, and I shot a couple rolls, and I started getting them back, and I realized that the shutter was actually messed up, so it was only opening halfway. Mm. So I shot, th- like, two or three rolls of, of expensive slide film mm-hmm. on my family vacation, and oh, they all got stoops. wrecked. I'm pissed about that. So, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the FPP, Plastic Filmtastic Debonair, what it is and why you should have one. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's Michael Rosso, urging you. Actually, I'm sitting here with William. Hey, William. Where are we? Hey, I'm sitting here with William, and we're in the FPP virtual store. <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm in Tron. So, like, we're inside your computer. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm here to urge you to go find your mom, your grandpops, your friends, Polaroid camera in your closet or attic or basement, 
anyone you know, guarantee you they have a Polaroid camera, get that camera and start shooting with it. Absolutely, you should do that. And uh, William has been uh, working here in the FPP store, our virtual store that has a you know real three-dimensional shipping department <laughs> with a real person in it. Yeah. If someone orders something, uh, you'll, you'll be talking to them. Yes, I'll be speaking with you. Oh, that's awesome. Once you find your camera, you can come to the FPP store to stock that camera with film. Whether it's SX-70, 600, or Spectra, with the Impossible Project film, because we're an Impossible Project partner store. That's right, and that's very exciting. Or if you find like an old pack camera, we are like your Fuji Pack film headquarters. Oh, we have Fuji 3000B, Fuji 100B, and we have Fuji 100C. Yeah, yeah, we have some expired Polaroid in there too. Filmphotographystore.com, or just click the store tab on our website, filmphotographyproject.com, for all you folks out there. And I can't tell you how many of you have like grabbed a Polaroid camera and you're excited. You're like, hey man, I picked up my Polaroid camera because you know you were talking about it so much that I did it myself. And William, there's not one person. They're all like, I love it. I've actually been affected. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he had what happened. So I was at a garage sale and I found, what was it? Uh, Polaroid Impulse. Impulse, which, and I made an impulse buy. And uh, Mike checked it out, it actually works. They're very sturdy little cameras. Sturdy little cameras. Uh, impulse is a 600 camera. It would take uh, the Impossible PX600 or PX680. Hey, I just wanted to share that with everyone, just so everyone knows. Cool. Cool. Filmphotographystore.com. Hey, we're back. This is a great time for us to roll in a segment that was recorded by our very own Hunter White. Hunter's joining us today. He's in the studio with us today. But recently, he was our man on the street in New York City. He went to the Impossible Project. Impossible, of course, are the folks who now make new film for vintage Polaroid cameras. So what's new with Impossible Project? Let's take a listen. This is FPP's man on the street, Hunter White, and I have the immense pleasure of sitting here with Josie Keefe at the Impossible New York City space. Um, and we're here to just kind of go over what's going on at Impossible. How are you today, Josie? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for coming in, Hunter, to talk. Quite a few um, exciting things, I guess, are happening around Impossible. Can you kind of give us an overview of what those things are? Three big developments, or four actually, this month coming out, um, with it, which is uh, the brand new color film. Has, is no shielding film, so it's um, we finally got the opacification layer. Definitely the best film we've released, a big step forward in our chemistry. And then we also had the 8x10 film come out as well. So um, that's something that we've been working on for quite some time, is developing a, a monochromatic large format film. So that's opening us up to a huge new audience and you know really bringing back material that many people were deeply missing for a long period of time. Um, and then we are um, just beginning to announce our, our hardware. So we have the Instant Lab, which we are now um, announcing and having the first early prototypes of. Our Kickstarter is in is still going strong. We launched it uh, a couple weeks ago, and we've almost doubled our goal. We're at $480,000 out of $250,000 we were asking for. That's huge. That means that they're going to go into production, and the Instant Labs are going to be um, rolling out in early 2013, which is really exciting for us. Let's start with the new film, specifically the um, kind of the color 
um, film. I mean, people have been wanting to be able to look at the film develop forever. I mean, mm -hmm. that was my first complaint, and you've solved it. Was that kind of the goal from the beginning, was to fix that? Yes, definitely. The, um, the goal from the beginning has always been really to replicate the original Polaroid chemistry as, as much as we can while still, you know, moving forward and being like a future-looking company. So, you know, our film has always had its sensitivities, always been, you know, really has its own quirks and characteristics, and now we've sort of gotten a film that is really easy to use and delivers amazing results. Really bright colors, you can watch it develop. You can shoot in a lot wider conditions, you don't need to worry about things so much, so that gives us a lot of, you know, a lot of people are really, really psyched on that, and, and so are we. So not only are the, the film, the results, a lot better, you know, it's a lot more depth in the shadows, higher saturation, really crisp, crisp film that you can get a lot of detail you couldn't on the earlier films. It's also the process is a lot more user-friendly. You, you know, you don't need to scramble around with like cardboard and like different bags and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's, you can watch it develop. It's, it's still slow to develop. So, you know, there's still definitely things that we're working on, but it's, it's a big leap forward. I think it's definitely the biggest that we've made. So we're really psyched on it. We had a, a party here last month, um, sort of celebrating the film. And I think that both the images that I've seen and, you know, the response just talking to people, everyone's really enthusiastic about it. And it's really, it's given a lot of people faith. We've put out a lot of challenging films with different ISOs and, you know, that like really tested what people were willing to do to sort of get back this old medium. And now I feel like we're really rewarding them with a, with a good quality film that's that's um, produces beautiful results. The op opacification filter, you mentioned it was on the color film. Are there any plans for black and white film or does it have it already? Because I know I'm a huge fan of the black and white and I would mm -hmm. like to watch that develop. Definitely it's on the list of things to do, but like just focusing on the color um, and right now we want to really get down the development time so you know there's a lot of different things that we're that we're working on sort of a lot of you know our scientists are, are very busy um, doing researching and developing everything so it's something that we're definitely looking forward in the future is getting getting the silver shade to have that same same ease of use but right now we're just sort of celebrating what we what we have but yeah it's, it's definitely on the list of things things to do when you guys release a film you first release it to pioneer members mm -hmm. um can you tell us a little bit about how that has impacted the development of the films in general sure well i think one thing that's really interesting about the impossible project is that we really rely on our our customers and our users and our and our, and our test photographers a lot so that's what the pioneer program lets us do it lets us you know because we do have these challenging films sometimes you know, it's not clear what lighting conditions they work best in, you know, what the exact speed is, how they'll perform at different temperatures, and, you know, there's a lot of variables. So we we, we give it out early to, to sort of the most devoted photographers. People have supported us from the beginning, and that gives us a lot of feedback then for when we go into the, to the, to the main production batch. So we can, you know, not only do we have beautiful images we can share with, we really have a good idea of how it performs in a, a lot of different conditions. We can test it and test it all we want. We can, you know, test it at the factory, but getting it in the hands of really talented, creative, and technical people is going to just open it up to more minds. Just have more people who are putting their input into what makes a beautiful image with that particular chemistry. Right around now in Germany, Impossible is at the Photokino Expo. Can you tell us a little bit about what um, Impossible is talking about there, or about what's going on? Yeah, so Photokino was uh, was last week in, in Cologne and had live demonstrations with Maurizio Gilberti and um, some other European photographers and also the Instant Lab we had live on view. So um, those are the main things that we're working on right now, sort of announcing. And it's, it's an exciting time. A lot of developments coming on, so we had a lot to talk about at Photokina. 
About the 8x10, for people who don't know what's going on with Impossible 8x10, can you kind of just tell us a little bit about what's going on and let us know how that's been going? Yeah, definitely. So we uh, we just started producing 8x10 film um, this summer. The 8x10 machinery was actually s- stored in the, the factory that where the integral film was with SX-7600, so we were able to save it. Unfortunately, the, the 4x5 machinery was in, a, was in a different factory, which was destroyed, so the machinery for that was destroyed, so we don't have any, any option of making the 4x5 film right now because we don't have the production capabilities for it. But we do have the 8x10, you know, it's an intensive process testing it. We had our uh, our director of photography, Jen Troush, who used to work for the 20x24 studio, was really hands-on in the factory, measuring, you know, the thickness of the of the of the plastic and working a lot with emulsions the the ISO was was tricky to figure out as it is with um, a lot of the films but uh, our first batch you know is is definitely 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 tricky but now we've worked out with the production batch and it's it's getting a little bit easier we just had the 8x10 exhibit in in the New York space and one thing that you know was still difficult with the film is that it's it's the stability because it's it's bigger the humidity shifts um, are more pronounced so it's sort of a lot like when we first unrolled our, our first silver shade film is it really could fade really fast if it wasn't kept in good conditions so that's something that's definitely you know we're working on with the 8x10 film is just making sure that everyone who has it knows how to store it is really working on using dry age kits or making sort of you know similar dry age kits hanging them upside down and just making sure that uh, they're preserving their images because the, what's shot on the 8x10 film is, is really beautiful you can get really really good crisp black and whites and amazing details so the film looks gorgeous, and I think that you know we've definitely seen a lot of interest from photographers who are who haven't shot it in years. So it's exciting. Now, I guess let's kind of get to the most what I would call the most kind of exciting development: actual impossible hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned the Instant Lab. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Definitely. Um, so at Photokino, we started announcing our hardware, which is we have um, in development the FPU, um, which is the film processing unit, which is going to be used in a lot of different impossible hardware products that are coming out in 2013. So the Instant Lab is it's really exciting. It's um, a new product that we've developed, which uh, lets you basically print real photos from 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 your iPhone basically any any photo that you have whether it's you know digital a cell phone shot or something that you've scanned and then saved on your phone you can print into like a real instant impossible image which is huge it's gonna you know sort of bridge the gap between um, the analog and digital so as opposed to you know having a lot of digital software that tries to replicate analog imagery or, or having you know reviving old analog materials we're actually like trying to integrate the two of them really completely and having you know something something you know the quick and ease of if snapping a, a cell phone photo or a digital photo become you know tied into the, like the the satisfaction and the tangibility that you get with an impossible image i don't know i feel like it's really the first time that that's sort of going back in that way and the, these two worlds are being married and i think it's a real it's a glimpse into what's in the future and how people are really going to react with technology and and integrating old instant or old analog technology into into the future. So it's sort of taking the bo- best of both worlds and trying to bring it bring it out. Kickstarter is kind of the thing that people are doing now. Can you tell us a little bit about why Impossible decided to go with Kickstarter? Because you've released in experimental things in the past just on your own and haven't used Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. what really was, why Kickstarter and what does Kickstarter do for you that just releasing it doesn't? Kickstarter is a really interesting organization and a really cool new development that's led a lot of nice products um, come out and a lot of interesting projects um, come into development. I think 
why we decided to go with Kickstarter is that it lets you really test out the market and see a lot of people support us and will, you know, like the idea of certain things, but it really, you know, sees if people are willing to put their money where their mouth is and really, basically, because when you backed the Instant Lab on Kickstarter, you're essentially buying one early. Um, so it sees how many people are actually interested and how many people not only think it's a cool idea, but think it's a cool enough idea to really want to buy one. So it lets you, you know, see, okay, I have this idea. It's kind of crazy, but, you know, does it work? Is it something that people really want and will it benefit, um, you know, society at large? So Kickstarter lets you sort of test things out. From our point of view, it's really practical. We needed to get the funds to, like, really to go into production just because it's a lot of research and development and it's, a, you know, a brand new piece of hardware. So it was a big investment for us. We wanted to really make sure that there would be interest and that, you know, we really had support from the community and that there would be a tangible benefit to us putting all this energy into it. So it lets you, you know, sort of see how interested people are if they want to really, you know, if they just want to talk about it or if they, if they really have, you know, a desire to, 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 to do it. To buy one. On your website, you talk, you have a section about an impossible pinhole and an impossible viewfinder. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned you were going to talk about it at Photokina, I think, if I'm correct. Can you tell us a little bit about what those are? Yeah, definitely. So these are just two of the the new new hardwares that we're that we're gonna um, be unveiling in the the coming months, um, sometime in 2013. The viewfinder and the pinhole are actually based on the same um, FPU as the as the Instant Lab. So it's just you know we developed this this bottom that um, eventually people will be able to modify to tack onto other cameras. So cameras are something that we've been working on for for years, and we've always had you know down the line. Um, basically, we're releasing. Two, one which will be sort of modified after the best of the Polaroid cameras and of what Edwin landed, and then a pinhole camera which will be a little bit more experimental and um, a little bit more fun to play around with. So, and the FPU, what does the FPU do that you didn't have before? In the in the past, we've just been, you know, working with really vintage Polaroid cameras. We've been making new film, but we've been using old technology and old hardware. Which is great. I mean, part of the reason why Impossible Project was started is because there was hundreds of millions of um, cameras already out there, and we didn't want to see them all end up in landfills or, you know, see them as, you know, props. Oops, sorry. See them as, you know, just like um, props in stores. Like they, we wanted them to be to be used and to be out there and to be to be really loved. What this lets us do is really have our have our own have our own hardware and have our own cameras and make make new ones, which will. You know, now that we've been around for a while, the, the market on vintage cameras has really has gone up. A lot of them have been sort of snapped up, and people are starting to take buy them from thrift stores and really, you know, grab them when they see them. So um, anytime you're working with an, a supply of vintage materials, it's always going to be limited. And, you know, there's still definitely Polaroid cameras around, but we, we want to produce ones, you know, to have in the future. And it also lets us lets us do new things, like the Instant Lab is a brand new brand new idea, brand new material. And sort of lets us, you know, we have the advantage of looking back and stepping back and being like, okay, so what has 40 years of Polaroid making cameras, what, you know, what works, what doesn't, what do we want to sort of integrate um, into each other? So it lets us have a little bit more control and really develop our own products. Um, and I guess as last question, when will all this stuff, I mean, be available to the public? The, the, some, the films are out now, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, the color protection film is out right now. It came out... Um, last week, last last Tuesday, and you can get it online or in stores. Um, the 8x10 film also is, is now available um, online and in stores, and um, the Instant Lab will be out, we say, February 2013, and the, the pinhole and the, and the viewfinder sometime in 2013. The release date's still being, still being set on that, so 
a lot a lot of new films coming out right now and then a lot of exciting things um, coming out next year as well so okay thank you Josie again it was a pleasure thanks Hunter fantastic hey I want to thank Hunter White our FPP man on the street for taking the time and for the folks at Impossible for taking the time to give us that special report. Now, hey, before we talk about the uh, FPP Plastic Filmtastic 120 Debonair. Yes, the, debonair. the camera that everyone should have. Yes. Uh, let's talk quickly about uh, your new album. The Pink Delicates yeah. new album. That's well, right. it's been, what, three years in the making? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We have a couple of um, songs that you may not have heard on the FPP. See, that's the problem. Every time we give Mike a song too early, he puts it on the air and yeah. spreads the word. Oh, dude, good. Uh, Joe's guitar. Joe's guitar. That's yeah. on the. That's it's gone. It's up there. It's on the bird. Yeah, uh, it's on I the bird. It's already, yeah, how did you like, know it's on the bird? Uh, I'm like, hey, Mark, I wrote this cool song. I was like, yeah, I heard it. Already. I'm like, how did you hear it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I might have posted it on Facebook. I'm like, oh. But wouldn't you say that you know me a long time? Wouldn't you say that's kind of my mo? Remember oh, when you used I to? Love it. When I was making uh, motion pictures and these guys would do the score, <laughs> Kevin would give me like scratch tracks, mm. and they'd be like, "Hey, Mike, yeah, you know, I'm gonna give you the actual." Oh wait, oh, wait. the movie's done. Oh, the movie's on <laughs> HBO. Yeah, the movie's done. It's on HBO. Yeah, we're like, wait, we didn't do the proper song yet. Yeah, mix it. Just give him rough tracks. But I think you know by now if you hand me a song that it's gonna get out. And I feel I know you well enough that like, oh man, I'm excited about this. I'm gonna put this up on the bird, as I call it. So now I try to send them more prepared. Yeah. Did you go to uh, SoundCloud? How many how many people listen to it? Uh, you know, I haven't checked in like a month, so I don't. Uh, no, Joe's guitar. Uh, oh, oh, you posted it on SoundCloud? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. The version you got is not the complete version. Oh, it's not. Somehow, you're missing some uh, keyboard parts. Is it? Uh, see. Oh, well, mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. I'll have to wait till the next. Can you record. do you know do you know what it? Can you play it? Do you uh, know it? It's it would be kind of weird. I can't do the lead and the rhythm at the same time, so it would oh. be kind of empty. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's more of a uh, uh, two-man two, band. Two-man job, yeah. at least. It uh, reminds... Oh, let's, let's, let's listen to a little bit of it right here. Reminds me of uh, when I'm listening to it in the car. Did you heard it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me of like something that would be in like uh, uh, what was that little sunshine movie? What was that movie? Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss sunshine. Yeah. Didn't it sound like yeah. okay. a segue? Yes, a piece of segue music. From that movie. Like yeah. One of those indie feel-good segues. Like very it had a really indie vibe to it. Nice. And it plays nice to the car while I'm yes. like driving from the nice. studio. Well, that, that song unfortunately is not on the new. Yeah. Record. Hey, have you thought about doing? Uh, have you thought about doing? You know how Pete Townsend plays the guitar. He he gives his guitar like a Spanish kind of. He does, yeah. Yeah, he is awesome. He's got a great just figuring <laughs> that out. Drums, yeah. He is awesome. He's like the Chris Farley he's interviews. He's not an awesome. <laughs> Pete Townsend. You know Pete Townsend? He's he's good, eh? So <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. There is uh, so the Who, uh, uh, Amazing Journey. It's a documentary. There is the behind the music, the behind the album, that uh, classic albums of the Who. Who's next? Who's next? 
There is a uh, Ox's Tale, which oh, is uh, one, the John Entwistle documentary. All those documentaries is Pete Townsend, and he is just like he's the guy. He's shredding. Yeah. He's not a, a very good like lead guitar player, but he's an awesome rhythm guitar player. He's what he brings the to the table yeah. and what he brought to the Who. He doesn't work well alone like he had that whole Lifehouse project. That's junk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but when he brought it and it became Who's Next, yeah. it's like it's, re- it's that's a remarkable yeah. album. Well, you had four guys interpreting it instead of one. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really yeah. good record. So while I give I give Roger Daltrey a lot of credit of bringing some soul to the band, yes. I think Pete Townsend is the he drove that band. Roger Daltrey re- behind the scenes and on the songs oh. and records as well. Roger Daltrey. Yeah. Yeah. Because Pete Townsend's like, oh, look, this song, I'm not sure if it's very good. And he'd be like, of course it's good, Pete. Come on, we got to do it. Go, Rick, get up here. Put it for you, They used to, like, do all sorts of tomfoolery. They, like, blow out each other's ears with like, explosives. They've done all sorts of foolish stuff. Yeah. Foolish. Mark wow. is unimpressed. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. You do know, they have a violin player in the band? Never heard of him. No, I, I, I'll talk about the guitarist all day long. No. Well, who's the, fi- who's the fifth Who member who actually plays keys? Um, oh, Nicky Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's Matt has left the table. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea in my head. I just got to do it. Okay, go. Go for it. He's, I think he's bursting Hopkins with creative energy. Keyboards yeah. He also played with the Beatles. But, you know, uh, the whole The Who was a very much a high school thing for me. But now that it's all these years later, and you, if I put on Quadrophenia, Tommy, or Who's Next, oh, my God, they're just brilliant. Yeah. Or if brilliant. you, like, you know, watch any CSI opening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Who are you? Or if you happen to watch SSI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who did who? Yeah. Who did who? Who who who? Yeah. Teenage wasteland and who yeah. are you? And I used to work. I used to, a tangent. Tangent on the tangent. I used to work with a guy at a big guitar store in the city who was uh, obsessed with the Who. And uh, anytime somebody called that song "Teenage Wasteland," he would. There's profanity, but you can bleep it. But he would say. Man, don't call. It's not called Teenage Wasteland. It's called Bob O'Reilly. He used to get so mad at them. Anyway, that's all. It just made me think of the way Out you, here in when you the said field. Teenage Wasteland. Well, Lawrence, Lawrence starting to get possessed by Roger Daltrey's spirit. Yeah. Hunter, even though Hunter's not, Hunter's not mic'd, can you give us the pulse? What's going on in college? Like kids listening to The Who? No. No. Is <laughs> <laughs> okay. a pinball lizard. I love yeah. that song. So, Joe's guitar, do you think you could do like a Pete, not now, but like sometime like a Pete Townsend inspired sure. guitar d- uh, ditty? Jangly, very busy, strummy. I could do that. That's the bum, Mark? You just unwrap the bum? Yeah. It's not a bum at all, right? No, the lens um, is not a bum, is it? We're looking at a giveaway lens. We're giving this away on this podcast. The, uh, yeah, this is the, um, the, uh, the 135 he mentioned. I just popped it open. and It's just kind of a weird lens. It's... It's a. Uh, the mount looks weird. Yeah, it's a it's a 135 millimeter, but it says f 1.2. But no, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a protonar. It's going with the SRT 101. <laughs> <laughs> Could you uh, do a little intro for the debonair? Say now we're going to be talking about the FPP plastic film tastic debonair. Okay, we're in. Hey. Well, first of all, I'm really thrilled that people actually care. Like, (laughs) 
Uh, what happened was there was a seller, Heather, on eBay who was selling these cameras in lots, big lots, like big lots, 144 cameras per lot. Hi. So I contacted her. I'm like, uh, Heather, um, I, I bought one, and I tested it, and I really loved it. And I said, Heather, how many do you have? And she said, well, I have 2,000. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Wow. So I arranged with her uh, through eBay, in case any eBay representatives are listening. <laughs> it's all legal. All <laughs> through eBay, I purchased all 2,000 cameras. It was uh, in, out of a warehouse uh, up in Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York? <laughs> uh, which is appropriate because Kodak is up in Rochester, New of York. Of course. And she didn't know how long these were in storage, but I'm guessing this is late 1980s. I really felt that I'd like to share these with uh, the FPP uh, listeners uh, and um, sell it at a price that is reasonable. Yep, very reasonable. Because you have, um, you know, your Holgas and Lianas, and they're like 40 bucks, And these are 1999. Wow. And the first 50 come with a free roll of film. Wow. Really? Yeah. I might get some of those. Hmm. <laughs> how many are left out of the 50? Few left one. out of the fifty, yeah. But it's going, it's going very well. It's a fun camera. So what makes these cameras unique, of course, is the fact that it actually has says plastic film tastic one twenty. It has the official FPP logo on it. Mm-hmm. It comes in the original box, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> it comes with the original box with yeah. instructions mm-hmm. and a little like, what do you call this thing? String, <laughs> strandle, <laughs> strap, strap. Oh. Uh, instructions, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and a roll of film for nineteen ninety nine. That's a bargain. Which everybody's everybody's got twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Really? if you go and listen, if you if you've never shot medium format before, it's this is it. This is the way to get involved. Well, yeah, this is a medium format. Yeah, I know. One twenty. Oh, what are you pooing well, me? Me medium format. I feel like there's a certain gravitas to shooting medium. When you say medium gravitas. format, I'm a medium well, format photographer. Here's my plastic. I saw, John, I, I've scanned some. I, <laughs> they look format. great. Pictures you took on the what? boat with Jim. Look fantastic. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Jim, pictures of me on the boat, yeah. which Bentley, look incredible. Bentley playing the, the banjo. Yeah. yeah. Awesome uh, shot. Jim, shot of Jim. Yeah. Austin, uh, Austin playing the guitar. Yeah. Yep. You, Not Mark. Not playing anything. Yeah, just standing there. <laughs> I got cut out of the, the band pictures for some reason on that. <laughs> you were on the other side of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I was out of the shot. You were on the net. We were yeah. four. You were oh. aft. Yeah. So. <laughs> you were four. I was effed. <laughs> so you go to filmphotographyproject.com and click the store, 120 film cameras, and there it is. Well, what do you think about it? <laughs> I think I think it's a great camera. I'm not a toy camera guy, but I, I feel like the, the debonair from the shots that I've got back from it, which you can go on my Flickr stream, Matt4226, you can find those. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... Uh, there's just a little bit of sharpness right in the center. No matter kind of where it is on the focusing scale, there's always something. In the, ah, in the how many how many rolls have you shot through that? David? I throw rolls through this. I've had mine for only a couple of weeks, and I think I've put ten rolls of film. Wow. It. I'm impressed. Mr. Moneybag. Well, no, yeah. no. When, when it's black and white, it's basically yeah. free because I'll, pr- I'll soup it and uh, hang right. it. And, but when it's color, there's like four or five rolls of color that yeah. are just like piling up. Yeah. And I have to like put them in a different pile. Like the C41 <laughs> processing is so easy, though. C41. I did yes, it. it's, it's very easy. I just it's, like. I farm it out anymore. I, I know. Time consuming. It's like 11 minutes. It takes like, <laughs> takes, like, takes like 12 minutes to develop a rule. Oh, yeah. It's very easy. But anyways, you found there's a, like a sweet spot in the focus? I really like the, the you know, the ease of it. It's yeah. a completely different it's very form. very unassuming. Yeah. I mean, it does it free you up a little bit? You're a guy who takes a long time to take photos. You know, you're very meticulous. Yeah, you take and fantastic this is like photos. my take, taking a break kind of yeah. camera. It's got it's got a hot shoe on it. Yeah, hot shoe. shoe is really cool. You know, it's got flash like sync on it. Tick. It's, you know, it's got two options aperture wise. You got one bloke, three blokes mountain. 
So you got everything you need. You can do multiple exposures. If you want yeah. to do long exposures, you got to click the living hell out of the shutter, but you can still do it. Oh, no kidding. That's so a good idea. It's one, that. one sixty of the if you, want to do, if, you want, if you want to do a one second exposure, you click this 60 times, you know? Ah, look at that. I, I look think at that. painting with time. Painting with time. See, come back full circle. Wow. Yeah. I but, think, yeah, and that's, and I think you're coming at it from a different side because I'm, I'm still a 35 millimeter guy, so I still see 120 with a certain amount of reverence. And I feel like, oh, I'm going to use some 120. I should put it in my good camera. Yeah. Whereas if you're a large format photographer, you throwing see it 120 in, like slap like and I go. Like a 110, like yeah. Half yeah. Toy, whatever. Well, it's kind of that's why I started on. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's my reference yeah, point. Just, when are you, you coming know. out with the large format plastic? Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it now. Are you really? Yeah. Don't even. No. These are these are great cams. I, I was surprised, L- Leslie from Imagine That. She, yes. Imagine she that. barked at me the first time oh. I shot with this because I like taped it up. I didn't trust it. Oh, yeah. She sent me an email about that. <laughs> ah, she narked on <laughs> film, film police, yeah. Jeez. yeah. But uh, I trust it. There's really few light leaks with the one I've got. and Sometimes it takes few? about a year. Few. No, no, I, I, none yeah. that I can see so far. So well, why about do you a say year few? For what? Because there's no felt the in light it. Leaks to come? My, Holga, my Holga 120 now has one light leak. Really? So I have to tape it up. As the more you yank it and slam it back together, right. the plastic's going to wear. Plastic. Yeah, so that's why they put Heat. the nice little felt in there. And well, that's yeah. why they're nice and cheap. You should buy two, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you every, and every <laughs> one of them looks, you know, a little bit different. It's kind of like the Diana. I think they're a little closer quality-wise between mm. between models. There's a noticeable difference in the shutter speed when you move it from like cloud to sunny, really? which is nice. In the shutter mm. speed. In the yeah. shutter speed, yeah. you can hear the clunk is different. Do you know yeah. what the difference is? I think it's like 60th and 30th or 90th oh, really? and 40th or something, yeah. I, I have all these, I have a lot of cameras like this where you don't really know what the shutter speed is, and I keep meaning to do that that trick where you take a picture of a record player oh. to try and to, to time your shutter speeds, and I just never get around you to it. You know about that? What's a record player? Uh, there's, there's, a <laughs> lot, there's actually a lot of large format guys, they buy these like really high-end uh, engineering mm. usage devices where it's like, it's taking a, it's measuring the the length of time like that a laser's a going laser through. Sound. Oh, Goes yeah. to the sound. Oh. Or, well, there's a sound and then there's a, a laser one and. Oh well, yeah, sound. yeah. That's pretty smart. Well, what I mean, the the kind of cheap and easy thing I read online was you just basically have take a picture of a record player, set to 33 and a third, and you paint paint a white stripe on the record or on the turntable. Oh um, yeah. And then you can make sense. Yeah, do a little bit of math and you can backtrack. I can't do any math. Well, oh, here's Mike. Here's my high, high, Email high end method. John and he'll do some math for you. Yeah. Clunk. That one's a little sharper, and this one's a little funkier. Oh, See? That. And it's about it's a about it's about twice as long as what it is on. So, what do you think it is? F what? I th- oh, oh uh, I say F eleven ish and F eight ish. F eight ish. It says F eight ish on here. So. Oh. F eight ish. Eight ish. I put ish yeah. on all my photos, but when, when I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. People like that. So, so um, <laughs> a bunch of people bought the... A lot of FPPers already purchased this. Mark mm-hmm. O'Brien was like one of the first guys. Early adopter. Early adopter supporter, Mark O'Brien. He has his own blog. Yeah, mm-hmm. He came down to visit us in Finley recently. Oh, he did? Yeah. If you type in Mark O'Brien, O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. Yes. Brian. Oh, Brian. Oh, Mark Brian. O'Brien photo blog. You'll find his site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flickr MFO photos. Yeah. And uh, I didn't... I forgot that he's part of like the... Uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan Crappy Camera Club? Yes. <laughs> is that the official name? Yeah. yeah. It's the Ann Arbor what? Crappy Camera Club. Yeah, basically, if you shoot anything like film. Yeah, like older cameras. Oh, yeah. Like, so they call it the Cabri- Crappy Camera Club. Yeah, and he uh, bought the Plastic Filmtastic, Debonair. Debonair. And uh, he did a blog on it. Great. And uh, he liked it. Matt liked it. Leslie from Imagine That likes it. Loves it. 
She's selling them it. like hotcakes. Oh, she's selling them in the store. If you're in downtown Finlay, Ohio, wow. or let's say you're in the Ohio area, you may want to go to Finlay to go to Imagine That. Yeah. She can teach you how to use it. Oh, she'll give you a lesson. Oh, yeah. Yes. She, she gives everybody a lesson on that. And the she's posting photos of people off the street going in and buying these. Yes. Yeah. We don't know. They're just like coming in, they see the plastic, they want it. Yeah. She records so the big people hit. who buy her cameras. So I'm excited, and I, I could honestly say I only have 2,000. <laughs> we have many more listeners. Yeah. So I'm thinking that, you know, here we are. Let's, I'll be realistic. Let's say between now and let's say June 2013, mm. I want us to be talking about this camera in past tense. <laughs> like, remember that awesome camera? Be part of an exclusive club. Yes. Uh, like, remember that camera? Remember we found it in that mysterious... The story will be get stretched more and more. Remember, like, John, you and I went up to that dark yeah. warehouse up in Rochester. Oh, my God. We found those 2,000 cameras, and you just happened to have your father-in-law's box truck. Yeah, they were encased in slime. <laughs> That's right. There were skeletons all around. Yeah, there were spiders, tarantulas. They were inside the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Yeah, we froze them all, and we pulled the cameras out. Yeah. It was it amazing. Occasionally, you see these pop up randomly here and there, yes. but it's few and far between. They're fun cameras. But, Mike, yeah. 20 bucks. Good for shooting in the snow. Gift camera? Oh, my God, yes. Y- you know anybody who's even remotely interested in mm. photography yeah. loves toy cameras 20 bucks really break the ice getting into uh, 120 yeah see okay. what happened was I had this camera and then of course Mark and Dane were so into the 120 tail R's this broke the ice for me and I said I can do this six more cameras later you brought this so, yeah. on vacay yep brought on the vacay you know got used to you know hand winding oh, and yeah, looking for yeah, the number yeah, which yeah. can be very intimidating yeah to a novice like myself so yeah. then I'm like you know what I'm doing it and I bought a TLR now you're not scared. Yeah. This camera or a Holga or a Diana gives right. you instant access to handling roll film. Right. Like the first time you used roll film, John, am I correctly like at I the end? Like what do I do at the minutes. end? I called you every two minutes. Do I have to roll it back? Yeah. What do I do? And I was just like, lick it. Lick it. <laughs> like you lick it. There it is. Get them while it's they're right hot. here. Get them while they're fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. I'm excited. This is, this is great to see. Hey, let's take a quick break. Hey. hey! Breaking news. Go to your family's basements, your family's attic, drawers. Turn things upside down and look for your family's 110 film camera. Yep, 110 film is back. The film photography store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right. Filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? You've never shot 110? Now's the time to do it. Filmphotographystore.com. We're carrying the new Lomography, the Orca 110 black and white. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lomography Tiger. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. And the Fugatsu. 400 color film that's 400 asa color film never ever ever would i thought that 2012 would have brought such awesome new 110 film stocks now's the time to check it out filmphotographystore.com it helps the fpp very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the film photography store over the last year we're celebrating our one year anniversary of having our online store please do check it out thank you very much Hey, this is Michael Rosso. 
Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running through 2012. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. Mm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Hey, we're back. What should we do? Math review of the Plastic Filmtastic? We just did. Oh. Do it again. <laughs> hey, all right. Oh. Hey, this is a great camera, the Plastic Film Tastic Debonair. Hey, we I feel like I've heard that it. before. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Got over there. Uh, let's hey, Mike, what's this? What's what the hell is Lomography? I was in the UK and the shop, I found this newspaper. <laughs> That's their actual <laughs> promotional newspaper yeah. entitled What the Hell is Lomography? Yeah. Nice. Now, I know a lot of photographers, some people brush them off like, yeah. like you know, it's a hipster uh, thing. It's Oh, BS. we're cursing now? No, these guys are great. So, uh, Matt, like, what, what the hell is lomography? Well, it all began in the 1990s. Donovan. Some students in Vienna, Austria, discovered a small, enigmatic Russian camera, the Lomo Compact Automatic, and started a new style of artistic experimental photography of unorthodox snapshots. What started as a spontaneously and artistic approach to photography in the Vienna underground scene developed into lomography, becoming an international movement using photography as a creative approach to communicating, absorbing, and capturing the world. Today we're globally active. We're dedicated to the experimental and creative visual expression. There are now two beautiful Lomography Gallery stores in London and one in Manchester where we hold weekly events and workshops. And we also have an amazing analog lab in East London where you can get any kind of crazy analog processing done by our expert resident lab rats. You can, fi you can find out more about the whole world of Lomography and Lomographers at www.lomographyuk.com. So the most exciting thing about Lomography is they just introduced a brand new Diana camera for 110 film. The teach year me, of 110. Teach me to shoot Diana. The, uh, you know, the 110 Horizon actually came out today too. It's a panoramic one. Yeah. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> John, the just 110 a few, spinner. Just a few months ago, 110 film was dead. 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 You dead. were bemoaning the uh, the fact that it was. I dead. was. It was like it was no the more. monkey gods. And then you were like, oh, you resurrected it. Crying you. into his Aunt Linda's shoulder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Good memory. Thank you. Well. I brought a roll of the new Tiger 200, 200 yeah. ASA color lomography film to my parents' house, and Aunt Linda was there. Yeah. And I was Aunt just like, Linda. I was, yo, Aunt Linda, check it out. This is brand new. She's like, oh, it just, she just took it. Oh. <laughs> I was just showing her. She just no, it's hers. It up. This is gone. <laughs> she loaded it. In one my of mom, papers. she was looking at it. It was by her. Then my mother's like, oh, I'll take this and put it by Aunt Linda's stuff. Like by her can. Oh, like, you you were giving it to her. She, my mom thought I was giving it to her, and by the end of the night, I gave it to her. Aunt Linda the Mooch. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lomography is put out. What the hell is Lomography? It's, they have stores. 
you know, the first thing people do is complain about the prices. Mm. And I think that everyone should stop your complaining. They have stores to run. They have employees to pay. Mm. When you go in their store, there's not just like one. It's not the shack. No. It's, it's not. Very, very it's not well done place. Lauren, you were very knowledgeable when you worked at the shack. Yes. It's not like going in when you know, like you walk in the shack. Like yeah. the guy, there's a guy there. It's like a guy out of The Simpsons. <laughs> yes. You walk in Lamography and it's like what is three people there. Yeah. I mean, it costs money. Yeah. To run a shop. You have to choose from. There's little gadgets for your camera. I'm just, Mark. I'm just, as a shop owner. Mark owns Metropolis Music in Jersey City, New Jersey. Metropolismusic.com. Uh, no. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're a shop owner and you you have shops na- nationwide. This goes for the Impossible Project too. I always think. I know this is a bit of a rant, soapbox, but I'm like, give these guys a break. So I spent the fifty nine ninety nine for the uh, Lomo Diana one ten camera, and I felt like I'm paying into. You're helping the cause. Absolutely, that's how I feel. Okay. What, the way I feel is I I feel like they're. They're not like impulse buy cheap, no. but for a company that's making these things from scratch, they're designing their own cameras, they're marketing them, they're selling them at the store. I mean, it's, it is a really good deal to get something like the Lomo Kino, which is incredible for $99. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. To, you know, they have some really interesting cameras. Uh, the, the Spinner, the Horizon, which I love. I want to steal John's. And, no, uh, you don't. And they have some really cool stuff. So. Yeah. And these like cameras it. will last. They'll, they'll last. If you take yeah. care of them, they, you know, you'll have them. Yeah. What's most impressive to me about Lomography is they've cr- they've created demand for film out of thin air. Yeah. They, I mean, true. they really have. The, the creation of all these different cameras. I mean, think of, of the consumption of 35 millimeter from, you know, people in the 14 to 30 bracket before the Lomo Kino and then like after. Non-existent. Oh, or LCA or any of those yeah. cameras. And then, and then, okay, demand for 110 film worldwide before... 2012 and now so they, they've managed they hype it up they do a great job they have top-notch marketing that i think everybody else that currently makes film could you learn know learn a thing or two from. exactly because they make it cool yeah they Whether really it's definitely a hipster or you don't like it or whatnot they still at least are good news an audience. yeah exactly because yeah. even if you complain that it is hipsters or whatever you see all these articles about lamography guess what you're still seeing it yeah exactly you're finding out about it one way or another yeah. so that's what lamography is folks and you can go to lamography.com and if you're in the market for some 110 film, you can get it right out of the FPP store. That right. As a matter of fact, FPP store, I'm very proud of, filmphotographystore.com. <laughs> oh, the FPP store. FPP store. Yeah. If you're like all hung up or all strung out on 110 film. Strung out. You oh, can. Hey, man. If you're all shook hey, up. Man. You got any 400. <laughs> oh, man, I just need one frame. <laughs> You can get just one more camera. You, you can get Fuji expired, uh, Fu, Fuji Super G Yo. Love it. You can get it's the my favorite. No, you like the 200. Mm-hmm. Fuji oh, 200. Yeah, it's a favorite. Cold store expired. Awesome. awesome Brand colors. new Orca 100 Lomography. It's black and white 100 speed film. Yeah. 110. Yeah. You can get Tiger 200. <laughs> Tiger 200 ASA color, brand new 110 film, and most exciting, who would have thought properly tabbed Fugatsu 400 yeah, color? I huh? thought. What do you think of that Fugatsu, huh? Fugatsu. I hear that that's just uh, old. Ah, stop it. <laughs> I, I, I've been a Fugatsu guy since day one. Have you processed a lot of it? Yeah, Mark broke the ice with I, Norman. I, <laughs> me and Norman were like this. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I love Fukatsu. I've de- I've been shooting it and developing it, and uh, yeah, I love it. So in fact, where's my Fukatsu, man? I got I got all all set up. Give it back. Yeah, yeah I'll give. I, the near negatives are somewhere in the building. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm hopeful that the uh, Lomography is going to put out 110 Chrome film. Yeah. No, they will. Are you serious? Because they're cross-process crazy. <laughs> Cross-processing for you folks out there who don't know is when you shoot chrome slide film and then you process it in the wrong chemistry, which is C41, or, which is color vice versa. Yeah. C41. I would definitely indulge in What's that. the end product when you do that? What is the end product, Matt? Color shifts. Uh, very funky uh, colors. High contrast. Um, go to Lomography.com. That's yeah. what cross-processing looks yeah. like. <laughs> That's their whole uh, yeah. mission. Don't think. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. Mail's in. <laughs> That's a good one. Send it on over. If you fix my camera on the air. We'll take a quick break, That's and then we'll come back with some letters. We're going to take a quick break and come back with some letters, yo. Hey, we're back. This is great. We got Matt here. He has opened up a fixed shop. He's fixing your camera? Mr. Hooper's. He claims he's going to fix my camera. I'm talking to Dexter over here. No, I would getting the Dalzell. I'm going to give him batteries right now so he can fix the camera while we're talking. You know, you know, Mark. I'm disassembling my XGM so he can fix. You know what, Mark? I really like you. (laughs) Thanks. Well, let's read a letter. All right. This is Kev here. This letter is from Jeff Price from. hmm, Doesn't say where he's from. From the internet. (laughs) Okay. I've been shooting digital for a number of years. Then I saw the new Spider-Man movie this summer and was surprised to see Peter Parker shooting film. I was inspired. I broke out my dad's Canon AE-1, the camera I used in college years ago. I shot away with a 10-year-old Kodak Gold. I love slowing down and planning out my shots. So I bought some Ektar. Ektar. <laughs> Listen to the FPP. I picked up a Polaroid One Step Express Instant and Impossible Color Shade Film. I joined the Flickr group. Wow, so I'm going. I started dressing up and sneaking out at night <laughs> to fight the Nikon Mafia. Then I bought a Fuji Instax 210. Life is good and getting better with film. Looking forward to the new season. Best, <laughs> best regards, Jeff Price, theredbuildinggroup.com. Hey! Lauren, I want to thank you for like being like in on the show. Well, you know. We've all... <laughs> We've all missed you. I'm glad. I'm hoping that you'll come back. I want to come back. Bring some of your art next time. 
Yeah. Well, there's a piece right there. I'm working oh. on. Uh, folks out there who... The megaphone? Folks out there who want to support art can download the These Secrets. It is the new album from Pink Delicates, our in-house band, John Fideli and Kevin Neblong. Yeah. As opposed to the Smooth Sailors, that's your outhouse band. Yes, that's great. Thank you. And uh, this past year, by the way, we had a live performance of Smooth Sailors. Uh, and uh, at the FVP NYC meetup, and we also had uh, these guys at the FVP UK meetup. Play everywhere. Yep, they play everywhere. Coming up, everyone should know that uh, on October 27th, Saturday, the whole gang is going to be at the PDN Photo Expo at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. And I h- highly recommend. You folks come down. Last year, we had about 25 people show up. It's fun, right? It was a lot of fun. If Kodak is not there, uh, we're going to rip the place apart. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be, you know, like that famous footage at the Jerry Lee Lewis concert where they're ripping chairs out. (laughs) You've seen that, right? Yes. It's like guys like like ripping the place apart, pulling chairs out. That's the current word on the street, though. Yeah. So... Mark, I want to thank you for coming down. Thank you. Thanks for Matt. Oh, hey. It's always a pleasure. John. Thanks. Kevin. Yeah. In the background today was Hunter White. FPP man on the street. We're going to see you in two weeks.
Take three.